Broadcast live from the Discovery One and route for Jupiter. <laughs> nice. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And we're here to bring you yet another exciting episode full of tons of movie movies that we're going to be discussing. Um, as always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. And let's get right into the roulette, sir. Right. I'm very curious about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about how, about tonight's picks and about tonight's reviews. Yeah. Um, I've kept mine. Um, I, I haven't said anything to you. Usually I kind of spoil, spoil it for you, but this one here I thought I'd wait. I know. And I, I was thinking about that like, oh, I haven't heard anything, so that could go <laughs> either way. But on the other hand, I didn't feel too bad about it because um, for me, uh, I got Citadel and you got the club. Yeah. And... At first, I was a little nervous, and I was like, oh, crap, it's probably another stinker. But then I was like, you know what? I sold that as I haven't seen it since the VHS days, and it could be total crap. So I didn't feel too bad about it. Yeah. I was like, eh, if he hates it, it's nothing to me. I Seriously, I own it on VHS. The last time I watched it was on VHS. And then I tried to remember, when was the last time you think you watched a VHS? Oh, boy. I I mean... it's been. Do you think you watched any in the two thousands? Well, yes. Uh, if if we're talking kids movies or stuff like on on VHS for kids, then yes. Uh, at at my at my wife's uh, mom and dad's house, we've. But honestly, before that, I can't remember. I, it's. Yeah, there's been some VHS at my in-laws as well, and but again, it was all kids stuff. But yeah. as far as me purposefully, I'm going to watch a movie, and I've got it on VHS, and I, it's, I, I, man, I, I don't know when the last time yeah. was. But anyway, I'm drooling to know what uh, hear your review of the club. Okay, the club. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start things off here. Uh, the club. I'm just going to pull this up on IMDb, and. Uh, Hopefully I can find it. Hopefully it's not one of those where it's it's buried in... Yeah, and it is. Good, of course. It's buried in all sorts of other movies with club in the title. And so it's... <laughs> I think it was 94? Yeah. yeah. Uh, very, very, very 90s. In fact, um, overly 90s. Um, uh, there Do it you is. Want me to... I think Got I found it, it here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep, here we go. Um the legendary uh, Brenton Spencer directed this. Uh, great director that I've not seen anything else from ever. <laughs> I was going to say, are you reading the synopsis or no, are you yeah. filling in that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's my little comedy bit. Um, <laughs> no, I like that. <laughs> uh, time, time stops at midnight at the senior prom for five students, one murderous counselor, and John. <laughs> they must find the courage to face themselves or... When time starts again, they may find that. Uh, find again, that... in my again in my defense, I I said I remember liking this as much as the first Wishmaster. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's your bar. <laughs> oh. but it's it the whole the premise is you've got to join this undead club by either committing murder or suicide, and it actually has a kind of a cool little plot. And it's very Canadian, I believe. Um, or it's it's 
it's another country trying to be American and um, doing it in a very early 90s sort of way that it's, you can just tell they're in that that awkward, not not the hair metal 80s anymore, but trying to fit in with the grunge, but still being a little bit too silly looking to be really cool grunge. So it's like the the hair is still big and ugly, uh, but <laughs> but but you're you're they're not fully embracing the flannel. <laughs> yeah. You know? So far, this sounds completely how I remember it. Yeah, um, but it, it was not terrible by any means. It was I was it was immensely watchable. It was just it was bad. Um, yeah. I mean, bad acting and low. I mean, there was this was back in the days where Terminator Two had come out, Jurassic Park had come out. Some of the big ones came out with the great CGI that still holds up for the most part. And then the little guys were trying to dabble in it. This was one of them that dabbled just a little bit in uh, in CGI. And it's just terrible. Terrible I don't CGI. Rem- I don't remember any CGI. Oh, it's, it's, uh. it's very minor, but it's like, oh, you're doing that because you can. It's uh. one of those things. It's like, ugh. But it, it wasn't <laughs> was terrible. It- was it gory? I seem to remember it being kind of gory. It had a couple moments that were, yes. It, as a whole, it wasn't like a, a bloodbath, but it had a couple moments where you're like, all right, it's... It, it had just enough that... Um, that It had just enough things that I liked about it that I, I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm going to keep... I'm, I'm enjoying this to a certain extent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, thumbs, I, thumbs up in uh, the end? Kind of, yeah. It's like... <laughs> Thumbs up from a yeah from a horror fan that that can appreciate the time it was made in, and they were trying to you could tell they were trying to make something kind of unique, but it just it just reeks of the early '90s as only certain movies can. And oh, and we'll get into how the early '90s sucked for horror. But do you think at the at that time? you might have found it to be a little bit of a gem. Yes, which I wanted to, to comment on that too. I think that if I would have... I don't I don't think I've ever seen this. I don't remember it. I think that if I would have watched that back when it came out, I would have totally dug it. Yeah, I do. And and I, I would guess that if I would have watched it way back when and, you know, every now and then, like I do with so many movies, is watch it every year or every couple of years, I would probably still enjoy it quite a bit. I probably would. It, it has one of those... In fact, for, when we get into our uh, best of list... There's mm-hmm. movies on the best of list that are actually worse than the club. Guaranteed, they're worse than the club, but they're on that list because I grew up with them. So I I agree. I have the I have the same kind of movies on my best of horror for this month or this yeah. week. Uh, but that makes me think of another thing too. I wonder if you know the way we look back on uh, '70s and '80s horror, even good or bad, and enjoy the good and the bad. Yeah. Do you think that there will come a time when enough time has passed that we'll look back on that '90s era uh, and with a little more nostalgia than we do now, where we're like, oh, because we've talked about it before, how the '90s were kind of eh for horror, yeah. and like the club is one of those that I think. I kind of, you know, I kind of dug that, and it, it so has that '90s feel that you were it talking does, about. Yeah. And I wonder if, in, in you know, a little further down the road, we might look back on that and be like, "Oh, remember the '90s feel of the horror movie?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we might. Although um, the '90s were certainly not the heyday of horror movies. I mean, there there was a slump in horror movies, and it was the '90s. Uh, it was not honestly. It's and maybe I'm rabbit trailing here, but Scream was really what brought horror back. 
Uh, yeah, I think maybe the, the there. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. There was so many sequels in the late '80s, yeah. and it, that's what killed horror. And then there was that '90s gap of eh, horror. Yeah, and then Scream brought it screaming back. Yes, yeah, and then cool. that that, that did the whole whole uh, self self referential horror movies like you know I know what you did last summer and all those things. But um, and even those, they're not that great. But I can appreciate the fact that at least there was horror movies again because this was now I was at the age where I had my license and I had graduated and I was now able to go watch movies without my parents not letting me and mm-hmm. then it was just crap and I'm like you know I'm now I'm 18 and I'm you know I'm able to go watch movies and I there's nothing good on <laughs> yeah you know and I think part of what attracts me to the club a little bit is that it is so one of those movies that makes me think of the local video store we had downtown and even looking at the cover, I'd be like, oh, that sound, that looks kind of cool. And yeah. then I'd look at the back and be like, that sounds kind of cool. And it's one of those that you would rent at a time when you're like, let's go on a bender for the weekend. And we're just going to watch a ton of movies. And so you go down to the store and you rent four of them. And that is one where you're like, that wasn't bad. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I dozed off through a part of it, but that, it was cool. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Yes, I totally, <laughs> totally agree. Well, enough about the club. On to yours. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Uh, Okay, I had Citadel from 2012. Synopsis. An agoraphobic father teams up with a renegade priest to save his daughter from the clutches of a gang of twisted feral children who committed an act of violence against his family years earlier. I'm so curious Um, what you thought of this. Man. I, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Uh... That that description is kind of, it's kind of accurate, but it's kind of off a little bit. Uh, agoraphobic means he doesn't like to go outside. This this and he's going oh. to rescue his daughter. You're automatically my mindset when I hear that is uh, a guy who's forty going to save his ten year old or something like that. This yep. is more like a guy who's twenty three going to save his infant. And oh. so he's he lives in like the, what would be the projects in England somewhere. It's kind of vague. Um, and his pregnant wife and him go to get in the elevator and he forgets something. Then he goes into the elevator and she stays back and then the doors close and they open. There's a gang of children, probably nine ish running at her, at her. And so he goes to try and help and he gets stuck in the elevator for a sec. And when he gets there, they have held her down and put a syringe into her belly and so then it flashes forward, and he's there with this infant, and he's terrified to go anywhere in the streets. He's, like, in a horrible neighborhood of wherever, like, high-rise projects and stuff. And so there's a lot of crying babies in this movie, and just, it's filmed so drab and depressing. Mm. You never really see the faces of these kids, and and it, it, at first, you know, for the bulk of the movie, you think it's it was just a random gang attack. And so you got to deal with this guy going to group therapy and oh. all this other stuff. This sounds depressing. Um, I seriously have no idea where you would come out on this film. Because it moved along fairly fast. I wasn't really bored, I guess. I, I kind of was watching it a little bit in the background because this was more of a Eugene movie than an Eric movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> but then in in the towards the end, there was some really cool stuff with these these feral children that were kind of creature zombie they never really explain what it is but there's this whole building full of them and oh. 
this old priest is involved somehow, which doesn't make any sense. Half the cast of Game of Thrones is in this movie. <laughs> um, hmm. And, you know, they keep playing... I don't know, maybe maybe it was just me reading into it too much, but I kept wondering if it, none of this was real and it was all just in this kid's head and he's nuts. Um and and there again I don't think it was by the by the end when it was all said and done but they played around with that idea so much that it was like is it real isn't it real is he just crazy you know is this is it all in his head or is it not I don't know but then there was some cool stuff in the third act and everything but I honestly the way way I come out of this film I, I would give it probably a 5.5 out of 10 which would which on my scale means it's worth a watch now if you're a horror guy like you are you might love this. You might come out yeah. of this with like an eight. I, I on it, and you might also come out of this with a three. I have no yeah. idea where you would stand on this film. So don't delete it from your queue. Okay. Because you might want to give this one a spin. I, I seriously, a lot of the stuff that irritated me with it had nothing to do with the filmmaking, the acting. It was all general stuff that kind of irritates me in movies. I, I don't like a lot of movies with pregnant people in it. I've, I've. I've got kids, um, and it's that stuff affects me a little more. I don't like infants and crying and in a horror setting. I don't like that. That's yeah. not it's not an, an entertaining thing to me because it's like oh, and the kids crying half the time, and then oh, some of this, some of the, they just throw some things at you that don't make sense. And there's this blind kid, and they're explaining to him, no, no, as long they feed on these creatures, feed on fear. As long as you're not afraid, then they can't see you. And so he's going through there, and he's like, "Got to not be afraid," and then they can't see him and walk right by him. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. but then the mm. creatures look cool, and they're feeding off some like rot that's in the building, and it it's creepy and weird. And I I think there's a lot of good ideas going on here, but I, I again I just always hate it when it's like pregnancy and infants because yeah. I'm like ah, I don't want to see that. Suddenly you're you know. You're playing on my fears, and I don't like that. And what's cool is it sounds like you didn't hate the thing. It wasn't like this was a like oh this movie sucked. No, it was not that this movie sucked. It was not. Um, it was not irritating the way that that last ghost movie. What was that? Haunter. The way I yeah. hated the characters and the hated the way it was written, and I hated it. Had none of that. Good. The the personal things were personal things. It, yeah. it was it was not like this is a fault of the movie. It was just this is not something that I tend to lean yeah. towards. Yeah. Um. So I I would really like to know where you come out on this movie. Yeah. I'll, I, I'll I, keep I, that on my list and I'll check that out sometime. Definitely. And it didn't. It wasn't too long. Even even like though that not tons happened through the first two thirds. I I wasn't like uh, I wasn't bored. I, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't like, come on, let's go, hurry it up. But anyway, okay. Um, yeah, so, so I think so, so. Two middling thumbs up from, or kind of. From... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not bad. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> okay, so we decided to do another round of blind roulette. Uh, even though we've looking at my chart, we've pretty much been failing on uh, the blinds the last three weeks in a row, last three yeah. pods in a row. But hell with it. Let's keep going because I'm keep still going. having fun. Oh, I love it. Yeah, me too. Okay, I just did a review, so why don't you go first? Okay, your list of movies. You've got six here to choose from, um, and uh, we're we've got a a lot of them that are actually not. Well, I don't want to say a lot, but but I, I I'm, there's some of them that aren't horror this time. 
So I'm starting to branch off into non-horror, and if they are horror, um, they're you'll see. I'll I'll just okay. read them off here. Okay, the first one is a movie called Canopy, uh, and it's a war I know movie, that movie from yeah from 2013 wartime. Uh, 1942 Singapore an Australian fighter pilot shot down in combat awakens suspended in the treetops as night becomes day whatever he must navigate through dangerous jungle blah 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 blah, blah. so it sounded kind of cool um, but it's good, one of those good, where it... good pick because that's one where I was like should I add it should I not because the trailer looked cool I, I know was like, yeah eh. but if you force me to watch it then I have to then you have to yes that's good. So, yeah, so that's the first one. Um, the second one is, and I might even butcher the, the even how to pronounce it, um, it's called Radio Free Albamuth. <sighs> that was another one that I almost added because it's <laughs> Philip K. Dick, and you know yes, I love I know, Philip K. Dick, but that the trailer for that one was like, this is yeah. a low budget. Yep. But but good pick for the roulette. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so it's a sci-fi movie. Um I'm not going to read off all the just to keep things rolling, but sci-fi movie on Netflix. Um, Philip looked, K. Dick story. <laughs> yeah. Next next up is, uh, now I think we're getting into more horror here. Let me just, uh, this one here is called Mockingbird. Um, yeah, this is a horror one, but it looks, it looks, eh, it could be something, it could be nothing, I don't know. It's got a scary looking clown on the front. Um, but, oh yeah, I remember that. I, yeah. I looked at it and I didn't even add it for you. I thought <laughs> about it, but I was like, eh, that's got uh, Asylum or it some does. other it does. equal garbage written on it. I'll, I will say this though, the synopsis sounds interesting. A couple are given a camera and a set of instructions which they must follow or else someone will die. Like, that's kind of an interesting premise there, so I'm like... Uh, you never know. It's it's all about those gems in the rough. I would be surprised if that one is, but I thought I would add it to you. Okay. For the list. Uh, next up is 1989's Phantom of the Opera, starring Robert Englund. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, and directed by uh, Dwight H. Little. And Dwight H. Little did Halloween 4, Murder at 1600, uh, Anacondas. The sequel, The Hunt for the Blood Orchid, because that's, yeah, that's something. <laughs> hey, I like Murder at 1600. That's a good yeah, movie. Yeah, so, um, but I heard that this was actually a pretty good retelling of The Phantom of the Opera story. It actually got pretty good marks. Um, they obviously go more of the horror, they, they do a more horror spin on it. Um, but, you know, it's 89, so I'm like, okay, well, it's still in the 80s, so that might be something good. I, I never saw that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. But I'm, and that was obviously when Robert Englund was still, you know, really well known for his Freddy Krueger character. So you never know; it could be, it could be something. Yeah. Um, next up is a movie called After the Dark. Um, um, I added that to my queue already. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, uh, where post, did I hear about that? Post-apocalyptic. Um, International school philosophy teacher challenges his class of 20 graduating seniors to choose which 10 of them would take shelter underground and reboot the human race in the event of a nuclear apocalypse. I remember. It was a it was a story online, like one of those uh, blogs where they were like, the 10 best post-apocalyptic movies on Netflix. And this was one of them that made the list. I think it was the only one that I hadn't seen, so ah. that's why I'd added it. Cool. Okay, and the last one for me here is a movie called Extracted. And this is a science fiction movie. A scientist 
who has invented a technique to watch people's memories, finds himself in a dangerous situation after he's tasked with entering a heroin addict's mind to see whether the man committed murder. I thought that sounded very interesting. Uh, I think that was on my list for a minute. You haven't seen that one? No, I have not seen that one. Hmm... Oh boy! And that one got oh. that was another one that got pretty good reviews that I'm reading online. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of everything right there. We got it a is. war movie, a, you know, science yeah, it, fiction. That is, you did, you did very well, sir. Um, boy, oh, what am I gonna pick here? And I gotta pick three. Actually, I haven't seen any of them. Um. <laughs> Oh, I'm so tempted by Extracted, but I don't want another freaking piece of crap. Yeah, one nice thing, I will say this, one nice thing about Extracted is it's 85 minutes long. Okay, uh, I'm taking Extracted. <laughs> I've made up my mind, I'm just yeah, going to do when, it. I'm, when, yeah, when you figure in the end credits, you're like, yeah, you're now you're at 80 minutes. So, yeah. 80 I'm going to take Extracted, Radio Free, Abeluth, and Phantom of the Opera. Cool. Okay. I'm going to take those three, but Extracted's my main one. Okay. And I'm tempted by the Canopy one, but just, man, that looks depressing as shit. I know. It's a war, <laughs> it's it's PG-13, which means it's not going to be depressing and overly gruesome horror, or uh, over, overly gruesome war movie, um, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for you, and my list, I have five here. Okay. Hopefully three of them you haven't seen. All right. And... As far as a theme, I kind of got one from every genre. Okay. Obviously not every genre, because I'm not throwing rom- rom-coms in there, because I don't hate you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, first up, and this one, I'm surprised it hit Netflix, because I was waiting for it to come to the theaters, especially after seeing the trailers uh, that have been popping up, and then boom, it's on Netflix. I'm like, I didn't even think it was done. Um, this is from 2014. It's called Stretch from director Joe Carnahan. Uh, hard yeah. luck limo driver struggling to go straight and pay off a debt to his bookie takes on a job with a crazed passenger who's sought after ledger implicates some seriously dangerous criminals. And the trailers for this thing look like action comedy. This, it, mostly comedy, but action comedy, um, stars Patrick Wilson, Ed Helms, um, uh, what's his name? He was Spock, or not Spock, he was Kirk in the new Star Trek movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays an eccentric billionaire in the trailers that I saw, and he was freaking hilarious. But this is going to be a funny action movie. I, I've, I've already added it. I know this is going to be awesome. We both love Joe Carnahan, so... I know, that's strange that that would not make it to the theaters, because... He, I, I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, that's odd because almost every single thing he's done, I like. Well, it's on the list. Okay. Ooh, that's uh, gonna be that's, that's gonna be hard to beat right there. Uh, well, I have a horror <laughs> movie for you. Okay. Uh, this one is called Baby Blues, ah. from 2013, and this is a foreign film. So, uh, and I uh, from. Asia, and I don't know, Korean, Japan, I'm not sure where. So bear that in mind, but this is listed under horror. When a young couple moves into a home, they find a mysterious doll that changes their life forever. And the cover is a creepy doll face. Yeah. uh, Asian-looking thing. But anyway, that's the horror entry, and it looks... That cover is so 
kind of yeah. sweet, it makes me want to see it. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I've never seen it. Hmm. Okay, good. Uh, next up we have from 1974. Ah. I'm also giving you dates. Um, this would kind of technically be your sci-fi. Desert Ants. It's called Phase 4. Desert ants suddenly form a collective intelligence and begin to wage war on the desert inhabitants. It is up to two scientists and a stray girl they rescue from the ants to destroy them, but the ants have other ideas. Kind of a creature feature thing, and from the 70s, so you know that might be mystery science theater material, but even if it's bad, it might be pretty entertaining. And, and I should add that all of these are on my queue, so okay. I didn't give you anything just like shoveling crap at you. <laughs> uh, next up, we have an Oscar winner. Ah. <clears throat> 2013, Nebraska. Oh, an aging, okay. booze-addled father makes a trip from Montana to Nebraska with his estranged son in order to claim a million-dollar mega sweepstakes marketing prize. And I'm throwing this into the roulette because of the awards that it won, or at least was up for, if it didn't win. Um, but... It's one that I'm like, ah, should I watch it? Should I not? Eh, but we try and watch all of the the Best Picture Oscar movies, and this was one of them. So I'm throwing it in there. If if you, in case you absolutely hated all these other things, here's one that was up for an Oscar. So yep. you don't blame me. Okay. Okay. And lastly, and the most shadiest uh, <laughs> of them all, let me bring up the thing. It's called Clean Skin from 2012. This would fall into your action thriller genre. Uh, Nebraska would be your drama. Uh, a British Secret Service agent is faced with the task of pursuing and eliminating a British-born suicide bomber and his terrorist cell. And one of the reasons I added it is because I love who it stars, and that's Sean Bean. Um, it mm. also stars Charlotte Rampling, though, so it can't be a total direct-to-video piece of crap, right? Yeah. Because she's a big actress. At any rate, Sean Bean with a gun in his hand. That's something I'd, I'd watch. I no, mean, it's called Clean Skin? Clean Skin. All one word. Clean, oh, all one word. Okay, yes. gotcha. I'm trying to find it here just to... Uh, sure. There it is, there it is. Okay, um... Oh yeah, that's a cool cover. Very uh, obviously, that cover just kind of kind of reminds me of Taken or Something. Bond, very or Bondish. Bond, yeah. But but the, but you know as well as I, uh, what kind of rough you're getting into when you go into the action thriller direct to video yeah. market. It's but then again, I got Sean Bean in there with a gun. I'd watch a direct video of him. Oh man, that's a good good list there. <laughs> um, okay, well I'll tell you right now. Um, Phase four was terrible, um, and and not in a and not in a cool cheesy mystery science theater. Well, maybe mystery science theater, uh, early seventies way. But yeah, I it was it was god awful. But I, I suffered uh, through the whole whole thing. <laughs> well, I don't think I can take it off my list just yet, because I slight derail. When I was a younger lad and working with my father. Uh, who does construction inside and outside of houses. He was working on remodeling a bathroom or some crap. I don't even know where. But I was helping him carry tools in and out. And in the background, the people who lived there had this had TV and cable, something we didn't have. And they were watching this movie that was a black-and-white movie where these gigantic, like, 50-foot-tall ants were attacking people in the city and 
just was like, uh, so I'm watching it as I'm carrying stuff in and out, and it's one of those, one of those movies, one of those moments where I'm just trying to find that movie again, and I've watched so many crappy giant ant movies, and none of them have been the one that I saw, <laughs> and it's funny that I, it's like, I can tell this isn't the one. Uh, it was almost like a Godzilla type thing. Okay. And, I'm still looking for it, so I might have to at least skim through it to see if it's the one I'm looking for. Anyway, have you made a decision? You I have, yes. Three. Um, I'll tell you, um, that was a tough one. This is a, this is very tough because you have some good ones here. Um, I am going to... It is it is so close between uh, Clean Skin and Stretch, but I've I got to go with Stretch just because I love that director, um, but... Obviously, number two is going to, or right behind it, is going to be Clean Skin. No matter what, I'm going to watch them both. But, okay. Uh, but Clean Skin's number two. Number three for me, I I can almost guarantee you both of those are going to be good. Number three will be Nebraska, just because it's an Oscar movie to check off the list. Baby Blues does look good, but it's a horror movie with a cool cover. That can go either way. So, yeah. Um, yep, yeah, okay. Well, then... Tune in next pod because we will have extracted versus stretch unless one of us pulls the trigger on the mulligan. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our best of horror. And this uh, episode segment is from 1989 to 1993. Okay, so let's start off with 1989, and I'll let you go first. Okay. 89 um, has the most for me because we're still in the 80s. Uh, really? Well, yeah, surprise, surprise. Once we hit 90, things go downhill real fast. <laughs> oh, they they do in the early 90s, and I, I completely agree, but I, I've only got three for 89. Well, now, here's the thing. This is subjective, and there's a bunch on here that, that aren't necessarily that good, but they mean a lot to me, and they I've watched several of these many, many times. In fact, one of my uh, Cinema Soft Underbelly episodes was dedicated to three of these movies. So, um, having said that, I'm just going to get right into this. Uh, first up is the horror show. Uh, that's not what. That's not one of them that I was talking about on cinema or on cinema's soft underbelly. But it is a good movie. Lance Henriksen is in it. It's it, this is actually House Part Three uh, that was then renamed the Horror Show. Um, this was the one that I tried to throw onto the roulette a couple yes, of week or two. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. it's a, a better version of Wes Craven's Shocker. Actually, it's a very similar yes. storyline. Uh, it's not fantastic, but it's it, for the slim pickings that this whole five year period was. I thought I would include it because it was I, I enjoyed it. Um, now the next three are ones that I have talked about on uh, Cinema Soft Underbelly. That's House of Clocks, House of Witchcraft, and House of Lost Souls. Um, Clocks was directed by Lucio Fulci, and Witchcraft and Lost Souls was uh, Umberto Lenzi. And these are Italian made-for-TV movies um, that I, I I love these movies. That uh, was a great episode. If you oh, haven't thanks. listened to that episode, you absolutely need to, because I really dug that episode. Actually, I added a couple of those to my watch list, and they're not available anywhere. Maybe yeah. I'm going to have to borrow that House of Clocks from you, though. You really should. really cool. Yeah, I, actually, all three of those are very worthy of watching. Now, again, I've been watching those for numerous years. Every, I watch those every year. I watch all three of those movies, warts and all. And trust me, these things aren't high-class cinema, but I love the storylines on all three of them. And um, I just, I like I liked the directors of both of, of these movies. And uh, it's just they're they're it's cool to see how 
an Italian TV show, TV movie, is compared to an American TV movie. So, um, it, to to get full synopsis on those movies, check out my my show. It's the uh, third episode, um, and I I delve into the storylines. But I really liked those movies. Next up is a movie called Intruder, and this was a great slasher movie from a lot of the almost everybody that was involved in Evil Dead made was on for Intruder. Sam Raimi was involved in it. His brother Ted Raimi, um, Scott Sp- Spiegel was in this. A whole bunch of people that were that helped make Evil Dead 1 and 2 and 3 made Intruder. Can't, Another this, one I haven't even heard of. Oh, man. This movie kicked... This was about a supermarket that is going out of business and it's their last night in business and there's a killer knocking off the employees. And uh, this is where basically... I mean, K&B effects was just let loose. And this thing had been completely hacked to bits by the MPAA. And um, the uncut version is just a gory mess. And it's a great slasher movie that still has that 80s feel. I love Intruder. Great movie. Um, next up is, of course, and this is one, if you're, if it's not on your list, then shame on you, is Leviathan. Number one on my list. Okay, yeah. which Absolutely. Which of all these, that is... That's the best one, uh, as far as quality movie. That's the best one, Leviathan. Um, mm-hmm. it's an, watch it. It's an underwater creature feature, and it's great. Um, yep. Next up for me is, now this is, again, back into this whole subjective thing, is an alien movie called Metamorphosis, The Alien Factor. And uh, it's cheesy, and it's bad, but I love it. Uh, two really bad actresses. Uh, break into this uh, big scientific lab thing, whatever, to find out what happened to their dad, and their dad was involved in these experiments, creating this big creature thing that looks kind of like a low-rent John Carpenter's The Thing. And there's stop motion in it, and it's gory, and it's bad, and I love it. It's great. (laughs) That Uh, sounds up my alley, actually, since it's it's science fiction. Yeah, I think you'd like it, Uh, but you you have to go in and like it's it's weird it's an american made movie but like all of the uh the the production crew and everything like, there's so many japanese names to this it's so weird like it it was made in the states i believe and it stars american actors and it's set in in america but a lot of japanese names are attached to this thing which is weird to me for some reason i don't know but anyway yeah. metamorphosis the alien factor um, moving on, next up is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Child. I put that on there just because it's, it's eh, I almost didn't include it, but I liked it enough to where I'm like, I'll include it on here because after this, things get really sparse, so I'm like, I'll include it. Um, Pet Cemetery. I'm guessing that's on your list. Uh, it is, but in an honorable mention capacity. Yeah. Uh, it's okay but it's not great and uh, honorable mention yeah yep um and then i've got puppet master and this is uh this is the full moon puppet master with the little dolls i actually think that that movie is for as cheesy as it is i really enjoy it i've watched that thing numerous times and i really enjoy that movie um next up is warlock please tell me you have warlock on there or, or was that a that was an oversight, but that totally would have been on my list. I like that movie. It's a horror movie with Amish people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Julian Sands riding around on a little warlock scooter or something. <laughs> uh, I like those movies. I don't know why, but they just have enough good moments in them that 
they're enjoyable. Agreed, agreed. And the last one for me is a movie, a British movie, a made-for-TV movie called Woman in Black, which Hammer Studios remade. Yeah. Um, this is the original, and it's very much, it feels like a British made-for-TV movie, but it is very well done, and it is uh, very scary, but it's it's, you know, it's all about good acting and uh it's not necessarily really gory or anything like that but it's a it's a very well-made movie and definitely one that should be included in the best of cool uh the only one i have that you didn't talk about was from 1989 obviously it's called tetsuo the iron man this is one that i Mm -hmm. give a this is a 10 out of 10 for me i love this movie uh because it's so low budget and it's so creative and inventive and um we we often talk about how much we love no budget filmmaking well this i don't know what the actual budget was but it sure seemed very low but they they make use of like um not necessarily stop motion but kind of uh what do you call that where it's stop motion without any puppets and it's just real people but to make a move down the streets seem to make a move down the streets really fast where they're standing still uh, a similar stop motion technique, um, tons of gore yeah. and just mean and gross and weird and awesome. I love this movie and I own it and I, I watch it uh, every year or two. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Even if some of it's hard to kind of sit through and hard to understand, haven't liked any of the sequels as much, but the, the original I absolutely love. Cool. Okay, uh, 1990, oh, that was it for you, right? Yeah, that was you know? it, yep. Okay, 1990, this is where I have the most, but most of them are honorable mentions more than actually, hey, this is a great horror movie. Yeah. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, I have seven. Okay. Child's Play 2. Yep. Doesn't yep. need a lot of explanation. Um, it, I'm giving the, uh, an honorable mention to It because it scared the crap out of me. The miniseries based on the Stephen King book scared the crap out of me as a kid. Well, as a younger lad when I watched it. And in rewatching it, a lot of parts don't hold up, but some parts absolutely do. There are some parts of this miniseries that are every bit as scary as the first time I watched them that still ugh, really freak me out. They completely blow the ending, but what Stephen King movie doesn't? Exactly. Like two yeah. good ones. Yeah. Um, the Night of the Living Dead remake, which I assume is on your list. Oh, heck yeah. Yep. Yeah. That quintessential 90s right yes. there. Yes, it is. From 1990. Um, Flatliners. Oh, Kiefer Sutherland. I, okay. Yeah, you know, that's one that I watched that certain time and place, and I have a lot in common with that movie the way I do with Lost Boys. I It just... I, I dig it. Even though it's not the greatest movie ever... It's something that it, it kind of freaks me out and is interesting and it has a crazy awesome cast and I don't know I just kind of I it's one that I'm like oh, I gotta go watch that again and I watch it and I was like oh it's entertaining but uh wasn't that great and then I put it on the shelf and a couple years later I do the same thing yeah gotcha <laughs> um, hardware okay ah. thanks to you yep. I think you made me yeah. watch that movie if it's I, I wonder I am thinking of the right movie was with the robots oh and, this is the one yeah. It po- okay. that, that yeah that post-apocalyptic cyberpunk yeah i love that yeah i'm all about that but and this one was very weird and even now i can't even really tell you what all it was exactly about but uh, cyborgs robots whatever it's it was cool um predator 2 now granted (laughs) it's the least of the predator or alien films but 
it still has some good moments in it, and it's not god-awful. It's not, like, brutal, painful to sit through. And there's a lot of um, things in there that I like it when they uh, were given nods to other um, series. They were given nods to aliens in that movie, where you see the skull at the end of the ship, you see the alien skull, like they hunted them. That was at a time where you don't do that. Other people's properties you do not talk about, you don't mention, they don't exist, because screw the competition. So I really, I kind of, it's definitely worth an honorable mention. Well, and Gary Busey's in it, so you know. <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um, slight derail, um, what's his name? Bill Paxton. Oh, yes. Who has the distinction of being killed by the Terminator, the Predator, and the Alien. And there's only one other actor that has that credit to their name lance henriksen bingo he nails it for a thousand points (laughs) as far as i know there's the only two people in cinema history killed by all three that's awesome (laughs) and it took alien versus predator for henriksen to get killed by a predator (laughs) Uh, and then lastly on my list is tremors this movie freaked me the hell out when i first watched it and granted now it's an overblown kind of monster creature feature but i like in in rewatching it, I like that they kept the size of the creatures um, relative to what you can actually imagine. You know, there's a there's a fine line distinction where they cross and they go too big, and you're like, "Give me a break, man! Yeah. Not that big," you know, and you start to disbelieve. Or when it's too small, and you're like, "I could kick that thing, or I could get away from it." These were the perfect size where you're like, "This thing would kill me." Or they had the guy up in the tower that died from fright. Because he just didn't want to come down. He knew what was down there, and he just stayed up in a tower and died of thirst. Or starved. And nobody... That that kind of stuff freaked me out. And I still remember to this day, going outside my house after watching that movie and running around in the yard. And kind of feeling a little freaked out that I was standing on Earth. (laughs) Yeah. So that one definitely was a lot of fun. And all of the sequels completely sucked ass. Yes, they did. Ugh. Okay, uh, any that I missed in 1990? Uh, I have a couple, yes. Um, okay. I have Bride of Reanimator. I loved the Bride of Reanimator. Not quite as much as Reanimator, but it was a very worthy follow-up. I don't uh, know that I've seen that one. Oh, man, it is a I, I mean, I would. I, I like Reanimator. Yeah, it was it was great. If you like Reanimator, you'll like Bride of Reanimator. Um, another couple, uh, Jacob's Ladder, I thought was very, very good. Oh, I would have added that one. That's an oversight on my yeah. part. Even uh, though when I you I watched that at your house for the first time, yes, we did, the, and you said you'll never predict the end of this movie, and in the first ten minutes I predicted the end of the movie, ah. <laughs> and you were like, ah, you suck. <laughs> well, you were like, I'm not going to tell you, and then we watched the whole thing and got to the end, and I was like, um, and you're like, ah, you <laughs> good movie though. That was a yeah. good movie. Yeah, um, that, was cr- that thing is crazy psychological. Oh, I know. I, I love that. Um, this one here honestly is. Of, of all of them from 1990, this is, I think, the best one, and that would be The Exorcist Part 3. Um, Another one I haven't seen, but I want to. It's so good. It's, uh, especially if you take it out of context and you don't even include it, it is very much a sequel to The Exorcist, but it's much more of a cop procedural than an actual exorcism-type movie, but um, that is an underrated gem in the rough there. That's really good, especially for a third movie in a horror franchise. That was really, really good. 
Um, Misery, I thought was honorable mention. It's another one I don't, I haven't seen it. Oh, that's it's good. It's not, it's not great, but it captures the book quite well. Um, and the book was really good. It wasn't my favorite from King, but um, it it was good. It was it's definitely worthy of an honorable mention here. Um, and then I have a couple more. Tales from the Dark Side I thought was really good. How did I miss that one? Uh, <laughs> um, the best the best story on on that one there for me was the Cat from Hell. I loved that story. Uh, but they're all good. There's the Mummy one, and then there's the Gargoyle one. But that's a good anthology movie right there. And speaking of anthology movies, the last one from two, from 1990 was uh, George Romero and Dario Argento's Two Evil Eyes. Um, oh, that was sweet. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, uh, there's. That, uh, You've it, already told me enough to, that I'd want to watch it. Oh, it's, it, you, I, I know you'd like it. Uh, Dario Argento's one is about, uh, it's an Edgar Allan Poe retelling, and Harvey Keitel's in it, and it's great. And uh, Romero's is, uh, I think, an H.P. Lovecraft story, and it's about, it's so, Romero's is the best one of the bunch, but they're both very watchable, more than watchable, they're both really cool. But uh, yeah, Two Evil Eyes, good, big thumbs up. Uh, Tom Savini did the special effects for him. Uh, good movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, any of, that's it for 1990? That's it. Okay, 91 is yours. I have two. Oh, and wow. One of <laughs> oh, I'm sure you have a boatload. Uh, one of them, I'm very curious to see if it makes your list. Very I have, curious. I have, I have one. <laughs> Oh, are you serious? Okay. I have well, one, and I'll be surprised if it's even on your list. Uh, I have two, and I'll bet money that it is. Um, yeah. For me, Child's Play Part 3. That's, yeah, that's it. That's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really think that Child's Play 3 was uh, was even better than the second one, or even the first one. I really dug Child's Play 3. I like the amusement park setting in the end, um, and, and the military school setting up till the end. But I thought that Child's Play 3 was a very good sequel. Uh, but seriously, other than that, not a whole lot from 1991 that I can mention. The only one that I ha- other one that I have from 91 is Hiroku the Goblin. Do you remember this movie? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I've only watched it one time probably on... Was that even on DVD? I it was have... DVD because okay. you sold it to me. Oh! <laughs> I do believe. I'm pretty okay. sure that's where I got it from because you were like, eh, and I can't... I'm trying to look it up on IMDb, and I can't find it, obviously. Uh, I'm trying to remember. The director, he might have made Tetsuo the Iron Man or something. He made something else that was notable that we were like, oh, we should check that out. Yeah. And I think you blind bought it and then didn't care for it, and I I really liked it. I need to watch it again, but it was very I'm, I'm hard to remember what, to, what exactly it was all about. Something about this little goblin thing, and he was infecting... The kid, and then the kid, they went to this cave, and there was all these goblins. I don't know, it got crazy. I can't even remember exactly what all was going on in that movie. But it was very Asian and very yeah. mysterious and interpretational. Uh, anyway, check it out if you get a chance and let us know. Was it good? Was it not? Maybe yeah. I'll rewatch it. 1992. One, two, three, four. I have five. I have five as well. Ooh, uh, but most of them are the same. Yep. Uh, Alien 3. Yeah, of course. We yep, have talked about at length in the last uh, epi- Megapod episode. Yes. Uh, Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive, Peter Jackson. Um, Are you kidding me? 
You missed I, that one? Yes, I missed yeah. that one. A movie that... so gory that I traded it to you because I said I had watched it three or four times and was like, I can't get through this in one sitting because I'm going to throw up. Is it that? And that it is one... wildly believed to be one of the goriest films of all time. But it's and not. I... It's not full horror. It's horror comedy. So yeah. I'll take that into consideration mm. and. Peter Jackson. Yeah, that oh. seriously, that might be the biggest glaring uh, oversight of the entire thing that we've been doing so far. I can't believe <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch that one. <laughs> um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. You, you just what's going too? on? Yes. Oh <laughs> We're man. We're looking at different lists. Um, this wow, that's a, that's Brian a great De Palma, movie. and I absolutely love this movie. This is one of the very yes. last that did. Uh, all of their effects in camera. That movie was all of, fantastic. All of the layering, uh, depth of field, uh, uh, just amazing. The special effects in that thing are amazing, especially if you go look at the behind the scenes and really understand how they made them at a time when everybody was switching to CG. Yeah. Uh, Candyman. Yep, I got that one. It. Uh, I'll put it up there with Wishmaster and yes. the Club. I put it right there in that kind of category. Yeah. It's a good flick, but it's not. Don't hurt yourself. You're yeah, I'm missing too much. Uh, and lastly, I have Lawnmower Man, another Stephen King adaptation, which I like that movie. I yeah. I, I dig it. it I, you know, I was at the right age when it came out, or when it became available. I don't even know if that got a theatrical release. But I saw it in Dover. Yep, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> but there were there were enough creepy parts in there that I thought it qualified. Yeah. What did I miss from '92? Okay, from 92, I also have Dust Devil, and that was from Richard Stanley, who directed Hardware. Um, that's ve- It's another post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, I thought that was very good. Um, then here's one that you, we've talked about briefly before, and that's The Resurrected. That's uh, Dan O'Bannon's movie. Uh, Dan O'Bannon did not direct that many movies. Dan O'Bannon is uh, writer of Alien. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but... Resurrected is a fantastic movie, a very much H.P. Lovecraft type story uh, about a doctor messing with things he shouldn't, bringing back the dead and creatures, and it's really, really, really good. Um, And then the last one, and this is, again, subjective, um, but I appreciate the fact that this guy shot this stuff on VHS, and uh, it's it's, um, gory and funny, and you're going to laugh when I say it, but it's Olaf Eatenbach's first movie, The Burning Moon. <laughs> uh, you lost me at Olaf Eatenbach. Yeah. Um, but this was back when I th- I believe he was still a teenager. Um, but it is so incredibly gory. Uh, it has to be seen to be believed. But it was shot on VHS. And I just, I'm including that strictly because the guy was so young and he made something like this and I am giving him props for it. And I've, I've watched this movie numerous times through the years. So anyway. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. 93. Uh, 93. I have three movies. I have four. Uh, okay. Uh, first one for me is uh, Dario Argento's Trauma. And this was the last really, really solid Dario Argento movie, in my opinion. It's it's not great, but it's still a pretty decent Jalo movie. Tom Savini did the effects in it, um, and it has a it's uh, it has a decent story, but it's kind of retreading old ground for him, and uh, it it's just it doesn't have the same cool feel that he that he was doing in the uh, '70s and then or mid 
early to mid-80s. But it's watchable, very watchable. Uh, next up is uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Check. Yep, that's a gem in the rough there. I know a lot of people uh, dump a lot of hate on that thing because, well, it's Jason's not killing. I thought that that was a great direction that they went to try something different. I think it holds up. It's extremely gory. I also uh, don't understand all the hate on that. And there's a ton of hate on the internet for that. And I'm like, what? Why? Why? I mean, yeah. You, you wanted just another Jason comes back and kills a bunch of campers and then goes away. I mean, yeah. this at least tried something new and it was insanely gory. Oh, it was and then, crazy. Yeah. Insane. And then ended on a, a, a crossover note. I, yeah. How could you not I, I like that? It. Yeah, I dug it. I totally dug it. In fact, I would, that's, it's not obviously not my favorite Friday the 13th, but it's definitely no. in probably the top five at least, if not even higher. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the last one is um, John Carpenter's Body Bags. I love this movie. Um, this was a made-for-showtime movie, I believe, and it was supposed to be an ongoing anthology movie series, and I guess Showtime uh, didn't want to dump the money into it, and it was all way too gory. So they uh, Carpenter cut his losses and said, I'm done, but... Uh, Carpenter and Toby Hooper basically teamed up and they were going to make the, this anthology series um, but they only got one done and it was it's great it's available Scream Factory released it on Blu-ray and it is fantastic um, it's extremely gory and it's played for dark dark black humor laughs um, but there's so many there's so many people in this movie that when you're watching you're like oh Mark Hamill's in this oh Stacy Keach is in this <laughs> oh I love Stacy Keach <laughs> yes and and there but and all the segments are generally played for laughs and it's great it's it's a big thumbs up for me that's that's big thumbs up that sounds sweet I'd never even heard of it I, you you would like it I know you'd like it that's all you have for ninety three. Yeah, I have a feeling oh, I'm missing some... Oh, turn in your horror card. You need to find new <laughs> lists, my friend. Uh, I'm going to do this in reverse good order. That way you can feel the most shame when we get to the end. Okay. Oh, uh, great, great. This is a, first one is an honorable mention. Needful things. <laughs> honorable mention. I said yeah. honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. Not bad, not great. Didn't do as good as the book, but it was... Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh... Guillermo del Toro's Kronos. Yeah, no? I watched it. I watched it once on VHS, and I remember oh, so little of it that gee, I... give it another shot because I've watched it a half a dozen times. It's a oh, good okay. movie. It's creepy. It's weird. Horror. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's enough horror in there. I think that it qualifies. Okay. And last but not least, and your biggest failure is Army of Darkness. Oh. Hello, 93. Uh, yeah, that... <laughs> Hang your head in shame. <laughs> yes, man, I'm failing. Wow. Oh, no, you're fine. Even though it's mostly horror, more comedy than horror. Uh, the no, first but two still, <laughs> that should have been, that would have definitely been in there. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I, if I may chime in on uh, Army of Darkness, I've watched the uh, director's cut and the theatrical cut numerous times now, and... Um, this is an unpopular opinion, but I think that the theatrical version is better and more superior to the director's cut of that movie. I've watched both versions too, and I, I'm, I call me a bitch, but I can't come down on one side or the other. I kind of like both. And yeah. obviously the theatrical cut is way more fun and yes. lighthearted and hilarious. It is, yes. And, but at the same time, I'm like, where's he going with the end of the director's cut? That's, I mean... Where where is he going? I, I, yeah. 
Yeah. Here nor there. I obviously I'd, I think I'd probably lean theatrical as well, but whatever. Yeah. That's going to wrap up this segment of best of horror for the last how many decades. Let's move on to movie of the week and this week's movie of the week. We're just doing one. Yep. And it's a big one and it's got something to do with uh our recently watched, which we'll we'll be talking about later. Uh but <clears throat> Our movie of the week is 2001, A Space Odyssey. I'll let you begin, because you it's your fault. I mean, <laughs> it literally is your fault. Here I am, working on my top 100 that we're planning on starting at the beginning of the year. I'm going yep. along just fine, and then you come along and dick it all up by going, Hey, I watch, I, I'm going to watch 2001 again, and I've just started <laughs> it, and it's amazing. And I'm like, you know what? I've got this Blu-ray, and I haven't watched it, and I've owned it for like a year and a half or two years. So I stick it in, and I'm 20 minutes in, and I'm going, You're, you're screwing with my top three, dude. Don't screw with my top three. I've got those <laughs> kind of set in stone. Leave me alone. Uh, but anyway, don't bother with synopsis. This movie is from 1968. If you haven't seen it, get. Why are you even listening to a movie podcast? Take yeah. Take off, hoser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, in this rewatch, did you get a chance to finish it up? Then I did. I okay. right before we started the podcast, I watched after I stopped at intermission last night and finished it up. Uh, finished it up tonight. Which in in retrospect. That movie there, I I like to watch all in one setting because it's such an emotional experience for me um, that that breaking it up into two segments it it didn't have the same impact. That, but it's still my I I, I want to say it's my favorite movie of all time. It's my that and The Shining are equals to me. So it's it's hard for me to say which is which has the slight upper hand, but they're both equally the best movie I've ever seen. So I was going to say the same thing about breaking it up because I watched it uh, in a couple segments today over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes when you have kids. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, they're sleeping now. I can watch another uh, two hours, an hour and a half of the movie. Uh, so I, it was broke up over the course of the day today, and I felt the same way. It, it, it breaks away from the emotional impact if you deviate. And, yeah. It, but unfortunately, with all the distractions I have in the house, you, that's just not possible at this time. Yeah, especially um, for that long of a movie. I mean, it's right. It's, but on the ups, on the other hand, I've seen it so many times that I can at least recognize that that exists and move yeah. on. It's it's not like this is my first time, third time, fourth time, fifth time watching it. Yeah. I've seen it a dozen times easily. Yeah. Um, this is one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, and I'm I, I I wrote on a, uh, a website that a message board that I go on talking about movies. Has there ever been a movie that has set the bar so high for its genre that you feel it just can't really be topped? Uh, because watching this movie, even in the first fifteen twenty minutes, when I start to remember what happens later on, I'm going. This is from 1968. I, I haven't seen a movie in my lifetime that's better than... As far as sci-fi movies go, yeah. sorry. I haven't seen a movie in my lifetime that's better than this. That that, that marries uh, philosophy, technical achievement, camera work, and music all at the same time. It, is it naive of me to think that I can't imagine a movie having this emotional impact in my lifetime? I mean, it, yeah. it's... I don't know. It's so mind blowing 
Yeah. Um, oh, I totally, I totally agree. It. Uh, every time I watch it, I'm like, it's, it's still. This is 2014, and that movie was made in '68, and it's still to me, it's ahead of its time. It's, it's so weird how watching the movie, and some of the things have come to pass, like, uh, ships that take people places, and in front of you on this, on the chair in front of you, there is a widescreen viewing thing that you're watching something or you're watching TV. I'm like, this is from 68. And it was was released in 68. Yeah. So it was made before they were filming at least probably two years before that. Yeah. And game planning, knowing, knowing Kubrick game planning a year before that. Yeah. You're talking six, uh, 65. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just blown away. And just the, the fact that the special effects seem still so real. I'm like, I feel like I'm in outer space. This feels like, you're in outer space, and it's like, for a movie to do that is it's still so mind-boggling. Uh, it helps the fact that there's so little music. I don't want to say little music because there's fantastic orchestral pieces throughout the movie, but there's lots of scenes in outer space with no sound at all, and that's the way outer space is. Just the and breathing, the breathing, yes, the breathing, yes, and the the air supplies. Yes, yes, and I, I love that. I love, I love that. And see, uh. Nine-year-old daughter came home when I'm halfway through the movie, so he's. It was right after uh, Hal ejected the other guy oh. into space. He was boned, and the other guy went out to get him in the other pod, and that's when she comes in. So she hasn't seen the monkeys, the apes, whatever. She hasn't seen any of this stuff build up to it, and she comes in, and I'm like, I, I don't even care. Come on in. Sits down with me, and sees the guy flailing through space and uh, the other guy gets in the pod and goes out after him and all you hear is yeah open the pod bay doors hell while he's holding you know and she's like what is going on and I'm like there's too much going on in this film for you for anyone to possibly understand in the first sitting so for now just sit down and enjoy the visuals and the audio, the music, and the sound, and everything. So we sit there and watch for like ten minutes, and he's trying to negotiate with Hal to get the door open, and I'm, and so I, I turn to her and I go, "Now, do you see how there's no sound, and it's not like Star Wars, and um, all you hear is the hissing and the breathing?" And she's like, "Yeah." Does it make you feel a little stressed, a little nervous? She's like, "Yeah, kinda." <laughs> and I said, "They're doing that on purpose." Do you see the the way that he is controlling the audio to make you feel nervous? And she's like, "Yeah." So like, <laughs> nice. And and then like even the the uh, and this is my first time on the Blu-ray. The background, the stars, the ships moving together. She was asking me, "How do they do that?" Now, because I was explaining to her that it's so old. this is from '68 when this was released. There was no computers and special effects she's like how do they do that so i got the chance to explain to her well it's a model and strings and sticks and yeah uh, moving things around those are actually stars uh, uh somebody drew that in the background and she's like i mean she was into it oh cool <laughs> walked into the middle and was yeah. into it that's so, awesome transcending time this yeah. film it's it's yeah. absolutely amazing uh another thing i want to touch on real quick um that I picked up on this time that I, I just, I, it just hadn't really crossed my mind uh, in other times that I've watched it. Um, genre, uh, genre shifting. 
We talk about that with, like, From Dust Till Dawn, how you think it's this thing, and then halfway through it completely shifts, and it's this other film. This movie does it four times. And I love it. I love it. I love when a movie does that. I don't know what it is, but when I start a movie and I think, oh, this is going to be a bank robbery heist movie, and then it turns into a vampire movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. I don't know why. Maybe it's just so atypical of most movies, and... You can, you know, maybe count on one hand how many times that happens, or uh, yeah. memorably that you think of it. This movie does it four times, it's and it's and it's astounding, and it works every time, and every bit works, and it's. I mean, you're talking about a movie that's already long, and at the beginning there's an over, overture. It's, yep. Which is okay. Here's the movie. We begin. Um, black screen. Here's music for ten minutes, and you're like, uh. <laughs> but it pulls you in it gets yes. you involved it gets yes. you into that headspace of where you need to be for all of this just mind-blowing awesomeness yeah. i love it and I, and I don't know about you but i don't fast forward any of that not even the intermission i don't fast forward no yeah i just i just sit there and soak it all in it's all there for a reason i paused the intermission because i went to the bathroom and came back and hit play again <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yes oh but i love how how and, and it's it's not just about um, it's not just about like getting nice looking models to to make the special effects work, but it's lighting too. The way the movie is lit in outer space, um, it truly feels like you're in outer space. And I'm just I'm continually impressed with how well those special effects hold up to where I feel like this was filmed in outer space, and this is from the '60s, and I see junk on Netflix that came out last year that don't look half this good. Um, I completely is... agree. And this was uh, first time watching on Blu-ray. Oh, holy yeah. crap. It looks like it was made yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing the way that, uh, how good they got this to look. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Now that we've talked about how much we've loved the movie, let's talk about what we hate about the movie. And, since this is a 10 out of 10 for me, very easily, hard to find things that I hate, but I have one thing that I absolutely hate about this movie. And it is the interpretational nature of the third act, closing, ending, whatever you want to call it, that sends all of the pretentious hipster douchebags into spiral, where they're like, this means this, and they there are so many reviews out there on YouTube or analyses uh, of 2001's ending, where they use a lot of terms like obviously, certainly, must be, and does. This movie obviously means this, it certainly means this, this thing definitely means this, it does mean this. It's interpretational. So when people start using those, throwing those terms around a lot, I start to get pissed off. Because it's <laughs> like, that ending is, it's fairly open-ended, but it's not that undefined. You know what I mean? It's its sort of, I don't know. It will get into its interconnectivity with Interstellar. Yes. But not in this podcast. Um, but, I don't know. It... it I, I everybody has their interpretation and you can make anything mean anything. Yeah. Like I told you earlier, I could go into a 20-minute diatribe about how House of the Devil is a 
religious right-wing conspiracy to make people not go to college. I, I seriously, I could do that. I would sound like an asshole, <laughs> but I could do that. There are a million videos on YouTube of people explaining 2001 where they sound like that. This is not... Uh, this rant is not in relation to the video that you and I were talking about the other yeah. day. That thing had some good points to it, but there were certain points that they misunderstood uh, as far as, like, they they were saying that uh, Hal felt superior to the humans, and that's why he went, he felt that way, and that's why he went and killed them, and it was like, it's right there in the movie. He didn't feel anything. He had a conflict of programming. They they explained that in the movie. Yeah. It was right there in the movie. I just watched it today. They it was right there in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He, he, Hal didn't feel anything. <laughs> you no, know, that makes sense. That he, I, he, I do... he didn't care at all about the humans. It wasn't he. He can't feel anything. He was following his programming, which makes sense. Yeah. It, you know, and my irritation with that was not their thesis on the film. It was the how long it took to get to there. Um. Anyway, God, yeah. <laughs> humongous derail, and we are... God knows how long this thing is going. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else to add for 2001? Um, no, if you're... It's it's my favorite movie. If you haven't watched it, watch it immediately. If you're not into science fiction, doesn't matter. Watch it immediately. It's, uh, it's, it's probably the only movie that I consider that transcends movie making into... Uh, into art. I think that it is two and a half hours of an art form on, on film more so than any other movie I've ever seen. Uh, and I, I, I love the movie. It's, it's powerful. It's thought provoking. It, it's hard to describe. It's divisive, obviously, because so many people are pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah. No, it means this. No, it means yeah. this. Obviously you didn't understand. This was Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> making a sex film there was one youtube video i watched i, I, I shared it with you where the guy was oh, like yeah. oh this entire movie is about sex and <laughs> yeah sure. and you sit back in there and go yeah uh-huh <laughs> you're you're an idiot and yes <laughs> anyway let's move on to recently watched because okay. we could spend hours on this oh i could yeah easily um what have you recently watched sir uh, recently watched for me, I have a bunch of stuff. I'm going to hit on one that is on Netflix that is a gem in the rough. Ooh. Um, yes. And that is a movie called, I'm just trying to find it here on my, on my list. Mm-hmm. It's called, it's called Haunted. Ooh, that um, was really close. You were one letter away from me reaching through the computer and punching you in the face. So I thought you were going to say <laughs> haunt her. Yeah. This is Haunted, also known as Gallows Hill. Um, this is a gem in the rough. Um, okay. It, it now again, it's not perfect, but and it's it's kind of they're trying to do the Evil Dead thing, sort of. It it has a very much Evil Dead feel to it. Um, but it was uh, oh, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if I think it's a Spanish production, but um, a couple people stumble across this house. In uh, the middle of nowhere, and there's their, their car breaks down, and there's an old man that is has this little girl locked up in the basement, um, and there's a lot of there's witch type stuff that's going on, and it has a very much Evil Dead feel to it, and I don't want to say a whole lot more. Again, it's 
I gave I I gave it four out of five stars just because oh, I was wow. that I was that surprised at how much I liked it, and uh, how they took the Evil Dead type scenario and kind of made it their own. Um, good production values. It had a couple of fantastically gruesome scenes. It's it's not gonna rewrite the horror genre, but I man I'm like that was eighty five minutes of cool horror. Thumbs up, big thumbs up to me. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I watched, and I'm kind of breaking one of my own rules here, but I'm going to be honest. I watched Transformers 3, Dark of the Moon of my uh, sphincter asshole, whatever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this was a, a Michael Bay film, in case you didn't know. And while I, many people know <laughs> that I defend these movies, I will also defend this one in a manner of speaking. In the same manner that I do all of the other Transformers films. It has the same faults as all of the other Transformers films and the same positives. You got giant robot on robot action. And you have all the same problems. It's 45 minutes too long. You could cut so much shit out of this movie. And that's, I think, why I like them and defend them is because I see the good movie in there. And I'm just, just let me re-edit it. Just let me re-edit it. Because I would cut out this subplot and this stupid scene that made no sense and didn't have to be there. And all of whatever Victoria's Secret model is in this particular Bay film. And, it, you know, there's a really kick-ass 90-minute movie in there. And a lot of people that didn't grow up with the TV show are like, no, there's nothing good in there. If you watch the, go back and watch the animated TV show, it's just as crazy and confusing and sporadic and weird as the films are. I mean, he is making them the same way. It's, it's, so it's hard for me to really knock them when they're doing the same thing. If you watch the TV show, it's just that crazy. And the movies are the same way. Uh, I don't know why anyone would have trouble following Transformers 3, because it's the most over-explained plot in the history of cinema. It's <laughs> every ten minutes, there's somebody re-explaining what everybody is doing. And it's like, I already know that. That guy said it ten minutes ago. Whatever. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. If you grew up with Transformers, you probably will enjoy the robot-on-robot -robot action. If you didn't... You probably will hate this movie, and it's 45 minutes too long. Just like every other Michael Bay movie. So, anyway, back to you. Um, I'll just touch on one more, because I know that we're we're pretty much out of time, so I'm gonna just going to hit on one more. Um, well, I, I, I want to say two. I, I'll give special mention to Interstellar, uh, simply for the fact that we're going to all be talking about that on our next uh, Megapod show. Uh, but I just wanted to bring that up that that is a recently watched that, but we're going to deal with that movie a lot more on the next episode. So yes. stay tuned for all of our thoughts on that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, the last one that I'll hit on, and I have a bunch, but I, I just want to hit on um, uh, one here that I, because, you know, we're trying to find those gems in the rough. Uh, and I'm going to be actually be talking about this movie on my next episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly, and that is uh, Mario Bava's Rabid Dogs. Is that on uh, Netflix? I don't believe so. If it is, it would be under the title Kidnapped. Uh, um, I don't think that is. 
Okay, because uh, his son, uh, Lumberto Bava, uh, finished the that movie. There was a big backstory on the production company. The, the producer uh, ran out of funds or went belly up, and Mario Bava thought that that movie was lost forever. But it had been essentially completed, um, but it wasn't assembled properly, so his son went and uh, assembled it his own way with his own music. Uh, however... That was not Mario, ba- Mario Bava's version of this movie, and it actually finally did see the light of, the, of day, and there, it is a very different movie than Kidnapped. So what's cool about this, and I, again, I'm going to spend some time talking about this on my show, but uh, I think you would like it. It's a, it's a road movie, crime drama. It's not a horror movie, but it's a, it, it is complete Tarantino. It feels like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, just... These scumbag guys are robbing a bank and they're needing a getaway, so they just hop into into a car, a random car with other people in the car, and it's almost like a real time for ninety minutes. You're just seeing what happens mm-hmm. with this, with these scumbags interaction with the people in the car and how they're trying to get away and tormenting these people. Um, no, don't tell me anymore. I'm yeah, already hooked. I'm in. That yeah. sounds totally awesome. It's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a big thumbs up. I really liked it, and it's cool because I got the Arrow Blu-ray release of uh, it's the it's the double feature of Kidnapped, the the other version, and then the Rabid Dogs, which uh, Rabid Dogs is supposedly that's that is the version to watch. Uh, but I I gave it a big thumbs up, and I'm looking forward to really diving into that one on my. Uh, I'll try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. But let me tell you, there is some. There's, I, well, yeah, you, 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 it's hard for me to just, to talk about because there's a couple twists in that movie that I'm like, oh, nice, sweet. Well, so, I very much look forward anyway. to that. To wrap up my recently watched, I've been into Game of Thrones, finished up season two. I'm mm. watching uh, Green Lantern animated show. We're deep into season three of Game of Thrones. I will have more on that coming very soon. And obviously, I watched Interstellar as well, and I cannot wait to discuss it with you guys. But oh, yeah. we are going to do that uh, probably next week on a uh, doing another Megapod with uh, Cinema Sidekicks, and we're all going to get together and discuss Interstellar and a movie that we decide to watch. We're all going to get together and watch a movie. So right anyway. now, heavily yeah, right now heavily leaning towards Train Spotting, but we shall see. Yes, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> i got to look through my list. Now that I think yes. that I'm probably going to be able to make it, maybe ah. I should put in some input. <laughs> we should, yes. <laughs> okay, unless you have anything else to add, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Yep, that's it. Okay. So, as always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. We are obviously on youtube.com backslash moviefreakspodshow. Please go listen to cinemasidekicks.com. And they're on iTunes, as well as Cinema's Soft Underbelly. Some guy I know makes a show where he talks about tiny little films that most people miss. Hey! It's this guy. Okay. (laughs) That's going to be it for this episode. As always, I'm Eric Martyr. And I'm Eugene Weaver. Thanks. See ya. Bye.